All right. Gosh, technical difficulties. Could not get the internet to um, support our call. Ah, so, calling in on my cell phone. I don't have a lot of bars, so I hope that this sounds well. <laughs> sounds good. And, uh, oh, I'm so grateful to be with you. My gosh. Happy Masterful Living. Happy Monday. I am in Phoenix, Arizona, visiting a minister friend of mine, longtime prayer partner, been my prayer partner for 20 years. How cool is that? And so we're doing some spiritual work together. It's wonderful. And then uh, at the end of the, uh, well, actually Wednesday, I go to Utah for the Easter conference there. So that'll be nice. No, I think some folks are going to be there in at each, the Easter conference. So um, let's make sure we hook up. Uh, if you're going to be there, will you send me an email at mlc at jenniferhadley.com? And um, I can also give you my cell phone number right now. You can text me, 323-627-6218. 323-627-6218. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have some fun together in Utah. <laughs> so, here we are. It is week four of prayer power. So yummy. So happy to share this work with you. So let's take a breath of love and gratitude together here and tune in. Partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So we place our hand on our heart wholeheartedly saying yes to infinite love, divine intelligence, true wisdom. We are consciously saying yes to our healing, to our awakening. We are joining together in a sacred circle of love. For the purpose of our healing and our awakening, we come together to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love to relinquish, to surrender, to make a holy offering of every false idea and belief and perception that we have ever clung to. We are willing to set ourselves free right here and right now. We are consciously choosing to wake up from the painful dream of separation. And remember that we're already as holy as holy can be. So grateful and so thankful to join together in this beautiful purpose. So grateful and so thankful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> so good. And I just want to see right here at the beginning, does anybody have any questions specifically about prayer and the work that we've been doing in these prayer classes? Any Anything about the prayer or the prayer classes. And 
star two to raise your hand if you're on the phone, on the web call, or you're on Skype. Star two to raise your hand. And uh, I see we've got some questions written in. I will get to those. Um, Nobody's raising their hand yet. You can raise your hand at any point in our class. And uh, one of the things I'd like to put our attention to, so as I've, I've talked about, we don't pray for stuff because we're not idolaters. We're not uh, interested in having false idols. And if we're praying for stuff, then we're thinking that the stuff is what's going to make us happy. The stuff is what's going to make us feel whole and complete. But we're already whole and complete. And all we have to do to experience it truly is to give up the thought that we're not whole and complete. So I love that movie, Jerry Maguire. And there's that little theme about the other person completing us. Uh, So we're already complete. No one can complete us. We are already complete. We are one with all life. How much more complete could we be, right? doesn't even make sense when you think about it from a spiritual perspective. But if you think about it from feeling separate from the oneness of all life, then, oh, yeah, you plus me equals completeness. I'll complete you if you complete me. And when we're coming at relationship or life from that perspective, then we're always affirming that we don't have and that we're incomplete. And that is painful. That is truly, truly painful. So we're we're moving into this place of really recognizing and appreciating the unity of all life. So our very nature and essence is spirit. It's the truth of our being. Seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. The things that are the very nature of God that are constant and eternal are the spiritual qualities. And when we're praying for the experience of, the remembrance of, the manifestation of spiritual qualities, then we're calling forth an experience of our God self. So we could say we're praying for money, let's say. We're praying for material goods. Because we think that the money and the material goods will be our abundance and prosperity. But abundance and prosperity are spiritual qualities that are omnipresent, omniactive. And in other words, I think of them as live streaming all the time. Omnipresent, omniactive, omnipotent. So everywhere potent, everywhere active everywhere present. That's what the spiritual qualities are. They are our true nature. And when we're willing to look within 
to experience the wholeness, the freedom, the joy, the wisdom, the clarity, the beauty, the harmony, the freedom, the abundance, the prosperity, and all the other spiritual qualities. When we're looking within to find the fullness of those spiritual qualities, right there in what A Course in Miracles would say is the holy altar, that's our heart. When we're looking for the kingdom within, then we can find it. And when we are willing to realize and remember and recognize, to recognize that our wholeness, our freedom, our joy, our abundance, our wisdom, our clarity, etc., can only be found within. And we discover that then everything is added unto us because the only things that are real are these spiritual qualities. And because we're all, we could say, emanations of God, aspects of God, one with God, when we decide to express beauty or creativity or wisdom or wholeness or freedom or prosperity or joy or whatever spiritual quality or qualities we're interested in, then we're going to do what A Course in Miracles would call create. We're going to create expressions of perfection in this world because beauty is already perfect. Wisdom is already perfect. Wholeness is already perfect. Love is already perfect. So when we are creating from our God identity, not to get something, but to share something, to express something, to reveal something, to experience something, rather than to uh, do what A Course in Miracles would call make something in this world. Where when we're making things in this world, we are like we're we're um, going to make it happen. Then we're in that place that. Things are not already beautiful and perfect and pure already. We have to make something happen in order to feel better. So that's the ego's way. The ego's always trying to manage, manipulate, to make things, to get things, because the ego is always feeling deficient because it is a system of separation. But the spirit has everything. The kingdom is within. Spirit has everything. And when we're willing to remember that we have everything, to recognize that we have everything, then we're going to be creating from that overflow. So we experience the overflow of abundance and prosperity and beauty and wholeness and freedom and joy and wisdom and clarity and harmony and all the spiritual qualities. And it's such a different way of living and being. And what I can honestly say is that, to me, life used to feel very, very hard. And it doesn't feel that way anymore. And when I do things like creating our journals, our Masterful Living journals, or workbooks, I call them too, um, that for me was such a joyful experience. I had fun creating them. I was listening to spirit guiding me. It didn't feel hard. 
and they came out beautifully and I feel so grateful when I was uh, I've I've edited them and updated them a few times over the years um and when I was creating them with spirit guiding me I kept thinking oh my gosh I wish I had these when I was doing the work years ago when I was contemplating this question it's how fun it would have been for me to be able to fill out these journals I would have loved that and um it's just my kind of thing and uh I know not everybody likes to use them or likes to look at them and of course you can just dabble in them and come and go with them and they're a wonderful resource if you're feeling uh confused or upset or hurt or afraid or depressed you can uh let spirit guide you to something to do or you can just even put something in the Facebook group and say Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Does anybody have any suggestions for me? So the in our prayer work, we are not praying for things. We're praying for the realization of these spiritual qualities in our mind so that we remember that we're one with God and we can express wholeness wholeness in every cell, fiber, and function of the body temple, wholeness in our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, our etheric body. We can experience joy, joy that is unconditional and unprecedented at all times because the nature of every single spiritual quality is always unprecedented and unlimited and unconditional. So I'm going to invite us to go to the um, the journals. And in the first journal on page uh, 88, there is a section on spiritual qualities. And I've written a couple pages there. I'm going to read that. We're going to talk about this because it's extremely valuable to us. It's essential in our prayer work that we recognize that these spiritual qualities are our true nature and every experience that we're having that seems less than ideal less than harmonious less than fun and free then we're we're forgetting that these spiritual qualities are ours to express and we're literally blocking the flow so Remembering these spiritual qualities and understanding how they work and what they are is uh, extremely valuable to us in having effective prayer. Because people pray and pray and pray, but it doesn't seem effective because they are not praying to experience to express to reveal they're praying to get something that they don't have so if we're praying to to ask for something that we don't have we can get caught in this place of affirming what we don't have our prayer then becomes one of lack and limitation we're affirming what we don't have that as you can imagine is not helpful to us because it just brings more 
of not having. So our prayer work is to pray that we have and we are willing to express, to experience, to enjoy. That's what we're calling forth in our prayer work. All right. So uh, so we're looking at page 88, Spiritual Qualities. It's in the first journal book. And you don't need to have it with you. But if you'd like to, you can read along with me here. Awakened spiritual masters stop making mistakes and always express in perfect alignment with love. We're all headed in the direction of awakening. And in Masterful Living, this is what we're going for. We're actively choosing to be more aligned with our true nature rather than the ego. It might seem hard to believe, but all problems come from feeling unloving and choosing unloving choices. You can shift the habit of making unloving choices and profoundly change your life. That's the focus of our work in my year-long Masterful Living course. And people who practice this have results that they describe as amazing, miraculous, and unbelievable. What's more, with even a modest amount of practice, people change their lives to the degree that they absolutely know that there's no going back to the level of suffering and misery they used to experience. And they now know that so much more is possible for them and the more they practice, the more clear they are that they are doing it. It goes from being something they might do or will do to something they're actively doing and enjoying doing. That's so powerful. There's an internal switch that flips where we go from trying to get something to make us happy to realizing that only being aligned with spirit will bring lasting happiness. The switch flips when we decide to practice being It requires willingness to pay attention and to replace habits that bring upset and unhappiness with habits that bring peace and happiness. Spiritual qualities are the very nature of the divine. Because we're one with spirit, these spiritual qualities are our true nature. They are your inheritance. You can either express them or deny and block them. It's up to you. This is how you use your free will. Consider the prodigal son that Jesus used as an example. The son receives his inheritance and then squanders it with seeking out the pleasures of the world. He ends up living amongst the pigs and competing with them for table scraps. In the Jewish culture, pigs are the lowest of the low, so the son has fallen to the bottom. At that point, he finally has some real humility which opens his mind to realize that he can go home to his father's house and be a servant. As a servant, he will have a better life than he currently has. We're all on the journey of the prodigal son. We squander our inheritance when we take use use spiritual power, our thought, our word, and actions in ways that aren't loving, when we make use of our spiritual power in ways that aren't loving. The path of healing is to return home 
to our heart and become a servant to the light of our divinity. Spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, and eternal. They are, by their nature, unconditional, never conditional, or dependent upon circumstances. With your free will, you choose whether to express and reveal them in your life or not. We block them with unloving thoughts. When you seek first the kingdom, you're seeking to know yourself as a revelation of these spiritual qualities. When you embody them, then everything is added unto you because like attracts like. This is the spiritual law that is always in operation. As Jesus said, it is done unto you as you believe. It is not done to you unto you as you would wish or hope, but as you believe. You don't get what you want in life. You experience what you hold in your heart and mind. This is why heart-mind congruency is so valuable. When you recognize and believe that you are these spiritual qualities, then you can learn to express them and reveal them in your thinking and choices in your life. If you deny them, you will experience a lack in that area. A helpful and speedy way to eliminate the negative patterns of shame, blame, regret, resentment, jealousy, hurt, anger, fear, worry, guilt, lack, limitation, and confusion is to replace them with the new habits of trust, patience, generosity, faith, forgiveness, understanding, compassion, love, gentleness, and kindness. Being able to recognize these three things is so helpful, and here they are. What are the results you'd like? What is the spiritual quality I'd have to embody to get that result? And what is the behavior that prevents me from feeling that spiritual quality? And then I have a chart there. So I, I'm going to um, invite somebody to to volunteer here. So, And then I, I say, all healing is at the level of the mind. That's a pure course in miracles. Rather than trying to stop some mental habit, Begin to replace the upset with the practice of the spiritual quality. If you become willing to practice this all day long, you'll be amazed at how quickly your experience begins to shift. So, uh, and this chart is something I added last year to the um to the journals. So people who are in years three and Ascension Pathway, they wouldn't see this. But you know what I'll do? I'll put a picture of it in um, in your Facebook groups. So who has an issue that's really bothering them, really upsetting them, that would like to um, dialogue with me about it? And we'll do some practical application here. Start to to raise your hand if you're on the phone or on the webcast on Skype. All right, nobody has any issues. That's so great. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. 
All right. Well, if you think of an issue you have, something that's bothering you, you can raise your hand. I'll come back to you. Uh, Wow, that's amazing. Uh, That is so cool. Nobody's got any issues. Awesome. All right. So I am going to go. I saw a question here from Lorraine. She says, hi, Jennifer. I have a question on something you said last week. You said we don't know what will make us happy. And also that it is not for our highest and best to make things happen. Can you speak more of this? I understand in principle. I also remember the Hawaii rental story as a very good example. I even had little moments in my life of allowing. But as a general way, I live my life. I struggle figuring out when to effort and when to let go. I think that you have spent years of cultivating your spiritual self and as a result are able to let go and trust. I have difficulty with that. If something is important to me, how to not make it happen? If I have a deadline, how to really let go? Knowing that if I am passive, that it might not happen. I imagine you will say that focusing on the deep desire of the heart is not passive. But I guess I am trying to figure out how to live a life in the world of form using spiritual principles. I hope this makes sense. Much love, Lorraine. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, and um, that's one of the things actually that I'm going to speak about. So, in relationship to these spiritual qualities, let me uh, talk about. Oops. Let me talk about. Hmm, um, allowing. Uh, and uh, the law of allowance, the law of attraction and the law of cause and effect. I'm just um, listening here for a moment. So interesting. Just having a little deja vu here of um sometimes i i have dreams where i'm teaching in the dreams and it's because those are my happy dreams because <laughs> i mean I, I i don't have unhappy dreams these days but um it's just uh it's so interesting i love sharing what i'm learning so much that i have dreams where i'm i'm teaching uh and sharing with uh the people I love. It's so interesting. Um, So the law of attraction, many people are very familiar with, like attracts like. Like attracts like. So in that law of attraction, uh, we're in that place of, it's really vibrational. So whatever we're thinking, we're vibrating with. So if we're thinking lack and limitation, we're vibrating with that thought. It's the the very essence of what we're experiencing uh, in that moment. 
So it doesn't matter whether we're experiencing lack and limitation in our physical world. If we're thinking about it, we're experiencing it in our mental world. And because this world is an illusion, there's really not much difference. In in fact, one of the cool experiments you can read about is uh, when uh, world-class athletes, astronauts, people like that uh, are training, they will frequently go through a um, considerable amount of um, visualization, visualizing them having their perfect uh, race or activity, everything going perfectly. They they really put a lot of effort into that visualization. And it has been proven scientifically to make a huge difference on whether or not they're successful in their sports, you know, in their in the Olympics and world class athletes, marathon races, things like that. So this is part of why in Master Living, I invite you to really focus on having that contract. If you haven't done your contract, please um, know that it's not too late. And I encourage you to go back to the New Year's Intentions classes, even go back to the New Year's Reboot. Re-listen to those. You will hear things that you didn't hear before that you couldn't hear before because your mind is opening all the time through the work that you're doing in this class and how you're applying it. So you will be more available to hear more that you couldn't hear at the beginning of the year. I always encourage people to go back and start listening again to the earlier classes. It's amazing how even people who have heard me and been in class with me and heard me say something maybe 20, 30 times, they'll tell me, you know, you said this for the other day and, wow, you never said that before. And I'm thinking, you know, you've probably heard me say it 20 or 30 times, but you, your mind wasn't open to it. Now your mind's open to it. So same thing happens to me. Venerable will say something and I go, Oh, gosh, I've heard her say that 50 times. I get it now. So that's the way it works. When we let go of the block to the wisdom, the understanding, the clarity, then we recognize, oh, yes, there it is. And if you think about when you have direct insight, doesn't it feel like, it doesn't feel like learning. Doesn't it feel like, oh, now you know? It, it, it feels like a remembrance when we have ahas and insights, right? It feels like a revelation of something that we already knew but forgot. So that is another way to think about these spiritual qualities are live streaming all the time. They are our true essence and our true nature. And we can tune into them. We can express them. We can reveal them. We can experience them. We can manifest and demonstrate them as part of our experience. 
or we can block them. This is our free will choice. So when we're praying, rather than praying thinking that, oh, a new house is going to change my experience, a new relationship is going to change my experience, um, physical healing is going to change my experience. Yes, all those things would change our experience, but maybe only for a very short while. And then we'll fall back into re-experiencing the same thoughts. If we don't shift our thinking, if we don't let go of the blocks to love, then we'll just keep experiencing the old thinking and the blocks to love. So the way to have really new experience, profound quantum healing, is to change our mind. And what changing our mind really is, it's it's changing our focus from the story we made up about lack and limitation, not having, needing, wanting, craving, addictive compulsive tendencies. It's letting go of all that story and perception that we have made up to changing to our experience of our true identity, our true self. So when we're experiencing the spiritual qualities, we're experiencing our true self. Because we are wholeness. We are freedom. We are love. We are joy. We are harmony. We are prosperity. We are abundance. This is our true nature. All of these spiritual qualities are all aspects of the same diamond, we could say, that love is. Teach only love, for that is what you are. Love is compassion. Love is wisdom. Love is beauty. Love is prosperity. Love is abundance. Love is wholeness. You see, every spiritual quality is an aspect of love, and that's what we are. Teach only love, for that is what you are. So in this chart, what I give you is um, I've got a list here of different kinds of upset, and then the spiritual quality that's being blocked And it's also the spiritual quality that we can open ourselves to in order to dispel the upset. And I give you a practice, something you can actively do in order to experience that spiritual quality. So this is why I was looking to see if anybody had an issue or concern that uh, are a place where they're feeling lack and limitation that they uh, would like to dialogue with me about it. Um, Now, Lorraine was talking about faith, right? Faith isn't actually a spiritual quality, but it is uh, an awareness of truth. Um, However, when we have the uh, upset of worry and doubt, there's lack of faith, right? In the sense that our faith is not being placed in God. 
when there's worry and there's upset, there's or rather there's doubt, then our trust and our faith is in our own opinions and perceptions. And that's why worry and doubt don't make us happy. Because we're placing our trust and faith in our own perceptions. Our perceptions are based on our projections. And one second. Just having a technical challenge here. Um Yeah. Um, so another one here is, so that's Lorraine, when you're putting your trust and faith in your own opinions and judgments, your own perceptions, what are you going to experience? You're going to experience more of the past, more of your past experience repeating and repeating and repeating. If you're tired of the past repeating and repeating and repeating, then the place of doing something new is to place your trust and faith in spirit. Now, coming up here, I'm going to, uh, um, right now, what spirit's been guiding me to is the next thing we're going to put some attention on is forgiveness, relationships, trust and faith. We're going to be following this um, trajectory here. And we'll always be cycling back around as we build. It's kind of a spiral that we do. And it's not the same every year because I'm not the same every year. We're not the same every year. So if you've got worry and doubt, the spiritual quality is omnipotence. That's the, the spiritual quality we'd like to experience is omnipotence. And what is omnipotence? It means everywhere potent, everywhere powerful. And that's what God is, everywhere and powerful. And when we're aligned with love, then we recognize we're part of the one life, one mind, one heart. We feel deeply and profoundly part of the omnipotency of God. And so we feel held and carried. We feel that we are at the very center of God. We're not on the edge, about to fall off, and we're not outside. We're at the very center. That's the feeling of omnipotence, that spiritual quality of omnipotence. And the way we get there is through trust and faith. Our prayer work is to support us in building an unshakable faith through the practice of trust. I'm going to talk about this in our class today. Now, I want to give another example here, okay? When people are feeling fear and anxiety, the spiritual quality that is not being expressed, the spiritual quality that is being blocked is love. So when we feel fear and anxiety, it's because we're blocking the flow of love. 
And that's what judgment does. Creates that whirlpool in our heart where we start to feel we're being sucked down into darkness. When we're blocking the flow of love, that's what happens. So the antidote, if you will, the recalibration comes with energizing compassion, which is loving understanding. That's the way to recalibrate into our loving heart is through having compassion for ourselves and for others. And then the fear and the anxiety naturally dissipate because now we're not blocking the flow of love anymore. Similarly, like if you feel angry, the spiritual quality that you're blocking is peace. When you feel angry, the spiritual quality you're blocking is peace. What is the the practice to get you back to peace when you feel angry? It's patience. It's patience. It's acceptance. So when we feel angry, we are in intense judgment, and we are definitely looking at our experience through the lens of the unhealed past. We talked about this right in uh, the first week of New Year's Intentions when we were looking at um, the, the, the patterns of anger, fear, doubt, worry, shame, regret, resentment, guilt, etc. So having patience, taking a breath, moving into acceptance, is how we get back to peace from anger. When we're angry, we are convinced, knowingly or unknowingly, that we're repeating the past, that the pain of the past is repeating. And anger is to uh, really say, that is intolerable. I can't accept it. Patience is saying, wait a minute. I can have faith and trust in God that nothing bad is happening. I can take a breath. I don't have to rush into anger. I can take a breath. I can be patient. I can practice letting go of the way of looking at things through the lens of the past and begin to see that there's something that's helpful to me here, something I can learn. So going back to the spiritual law of um, attraction, like attracts like. So that can look a couple of different ways. Someone is complaining, 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 complaining. So their vibration is, I'm not happy. I don't like the way things are. I don't have acceptance. Complaining is, in many ways, it feels like an angry expression. And when there's that complaining, complaining, since like attracts like, we will, when we're complainers, and I used to be uh, have such a practice of complaining, I really thought that if I am complaining about everything, it will somehow stop these things from happening. At least I can complain about them. At least I have the power to complain about them. 
And what I didn't realize that by complaining, I was feeling like a victim. By complaining, I was affirming my powerlessness because my power was only in the negative. And I would sacrifice the power of manifesting and demonstrating something beautiful and wonderful. I would sacrifice that in order to have the power of complaint, of being unhappy and not accepting what is. Course in Miracles, Lesson 135, Paragraph 18. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything, all events, circumstances, situations, are gently planned by one whose only interest is your good? What could you not accept if you knew that? You could accept everything. So why not have faith that everything is gently planned? by one whose only interest is your good. Everything works together for good. No exceptions. So the law of cause and effect is that every thought I'm thinking is at this point, for most of us, Every thought we're thinking, if we're not thinking the thoughts of God, the thoughts of creation, the thoughts of love and beauty and truth and wisdom and clarity and freedom, if we're not thinking thoughts that are expressions of those spiritual qualities, then the thoughts that we're thinking are showing us our beliefs, our false beliefs, right? We talked about this a while back, that when we were talking about the divine alarm clock, that our beliefs come from the meaning we've made of things in the past, our interpretations of things in the past, the decisions that we made about things in the past. And that's where our beliefs come from, this lifetime or any other. And then our beliefs magnetize into our awareness via the law of attraction. They magnetize into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with our belief system so that we will be alerted to our belief system. Nothing bad is happening. We wish to be alerted to our belief system so we can make a holy offering of it and choose truth instead. The eternal, omnipotent truth that sets us free instead of regurgitating our beliefs and re-experiencing our beliefs. So the law of cause and effect says that it is done unto us as we believe. Thus, the thoughts are the cause, our experience is the effect. Our thoughts are the cause, our feelings are the effect. So when we're upset in any way, shape, or form, it's because we're thinking thoughts that are congruent with our belief system, which was formed in the past. Rather than living in the present moment now, revealing truth, energizing truth, being grateful for truth. Instead, we're valuing the meaning that we made, the stuff that we made, our perceptions, our projections. So in every moment, 
if we're not happy, if we don't feel fabulous, it's because we're choosing to look at things through the lens of the past. And we can stop at any moment. We don't even have to know how to stop. We just say to the Holy Spirit, Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm interrupting this pattern of regurgitating the past. I'm so grateful to let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let the love flow. So the other law that Lorraine's bringing up here is the law of allowance, right? So this is what I teach in my prayers, that we're allowing. We're allowing spirit to move through us, as us. We're allowing ourselves to manifest and demonstrate according to truth, according to these spiritual qualities. We're allowing everything to be added unto us. People who don't feel worthy, who feel bad and wrong, will not be able to effectively allow the good to unfold. So this is why I say all the time, we're loving ourselves free of the past. We're loving ourselves free of repeating the painful patterns of the past. We're loving ourselves enough to value the truth rather than the meaning we made of things. So we're opening our hearts and minds to the beauty and the power and the presence of love, which is now, rather than looking at the past again. So the law of allowance, we can only allow the good to unfold now. We can only allow ourselves to experience prosperity and abundance now. We can only allow ourselves to be in the flow of love now. So the law of allowance brings us into the present moment. So we're we're loving ourselves so that we have healthy self-esteem, we know who we are, and then it's so much easier to allow ourselves to receive all the good, everything being added unto us. All right, I'm going to pause there before I go on and just see if anybody has any other questions about any of this. Caroline writes, those journals are amazing. I love them. Thank you. I Thank you. Every day I read it. Thank you. You are welcome. All right. We've got a few people who have written in here. So I'm going to read what they have written in. And Lorraine writes in, hi, Jennifer. Oh, no, we did, Lorraine. (laughs) Um, I'm going to come back to you, Deborah. And Kelly writes in, take a sip of my water here. Oh, by the way, when when you're doing class, especially if you're listening to it um, over some kind of speaker, uh, speakerphone or computer speaker, or even if you're praying, uh, even if you're praying silently, um, but you're doing your spiritual work, always have a nice big glass of water with you because that water is going to take on – water uh, is – imprintable. Uh, In other words, 
you can make an imprint on the water. And this is why one of the videos I have for you in your Masterful Living video section is um, the wa- movie Water, the Great Mystery. And um, you, can, you can watch that movie. Uh, you can get the DVD from Netflix. Of course, you can buy the DVD. But the movie is in your videos, your Masterful Living videos, uh, in the class pages, Water, the Great Mystery. And, um, and it's, it's a great movie. I've seen it a few times. I really encourage you to watch it. It's a great movie to watch with friends and family, too. It's quite interesting. And um, Water Has Memory. Water has memory. You can imprint upon it. So uh, when I, just like with the water practice that I gave you and the water bottle and all of that, uh, you're imprinting on the water. If you haven't looked at that, um, the um, that there's a video on that that I made for you as well. You can watch that about using your water bottle and your um, Master Living Water. So I always have um, water beside me when I'm praying, meditating, all those things, because the water is being imprinted, and then you drink that water. Any water, anything, any food, anything that you are doing, even you can do it with lotions and things that you put on your body. Always blessing it, blessing it. Raise the vibration of it. Dedicate it to your healing, to your nurturing. Uh, I love to go in the bath and pray in the bath. Mm-hmm. Pray in the shower. Yep, pray when you pee. I'm not kidding. It'll make a difference. You'll see. See, there, spirit rhyming. <laughs> All right, so Kelly down under in Australia, says, Dear Jennifer, I feel like a failure. I tried to do the declaration, loving now, work with my now ex as per the other prayer class. We got into an argument as he would not take responsibility for how he has hurt me. And I ended up saying the most vile, hurtful things I've ever said in my life. I felt like I took out Every hurt in my life on him, my abandonment issues, my lack of love for my dad. I cried and cried and cried. He said, these aren't my problems. I ended up apologizing to him, and that's where it's been left at. I feel like there's no hope in reconciling this to be a peaceful relationship. I felt like he wouldn't even care if I fell off this planet. What have I done wrong? Kelly, I don't see that you've done anything wrong. You two are doing a dance. You're mirroring each other. What I sense is that you're not loving yourself, so you're not loving each other. I don't... A person with healthy self-esteem is not going to take responsibility for hurting anyone else because people are not hurt by what other people do. They're hurt by the meaning they make of it. So 
how could I take responsibility for the meaning you make of things? If Let's say I don't love myself. And so I think that the the only thing that's going to make me feel good about myself is to be promiscuous. Let's just say. And I'm in a relationship with somebody that would like me to be monogamous. But I need to be promiscuous in order to feel better about myself because I don't like myself. And when other people are interested in having sex with me, then I feel better about myself. That has nothing to do with my partner. That's just to do with me. Now, if my behavior is hurting them, they're blaming me for it. That's actually pretty crazy because the reason why they're hurt is because they're interpreting my behavior as being some reflection on them when it's not. And this kind of thing happens all the time. Now, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a promiscuous person. I've never been a promiscuous person. In fact, when I was younger, I used to pray to be promiscuous because I felt like I was missing out. But it's just not my thing. I'm way too sensitive. It doesn't work for me. So, um, uh, but I, you know, I know that for some people, it seems to work for them. For some people, it doesn't. But it's got nothing to do with people loving and valuing their partner. So, how could how could I take responsibility for the meaning that somebody else makes of something when they get hurt and angry? You know, this is the challenge. But it's difficult to have a conversation about this kind of thing with people who are not doing the same spiritual work. But what we can say, we can help someone. Let's say someone's angry at us because we don't want to take responsibility for hurting their feelings. We can say, well, listen, what is the meaning that you made of my action? I had this conversation with my brother once where he said, you know, you're, you telling me what you have done uh, in your life under these circumstances is you're basically telling me that what I've done under similar circumstances is stupid because you choose something different. And I, I've said, wait a minute. I'm not commenting on your choice at all. I'm just sharing mine. Can't we share that we have different takes on different things and would make different choices in the same circumstance without saying mine is better, yours is worse? It it really can be that, you know, someone says, well, I would go left at that sign because the drive to the left is faster to the destination. The drive to the right is long and windy. Oh, but I would like I like to go to the long and windy road because there's uh, beautiful fields all along that route. The other route is faster, but it's not very pretty. It's pretty dismal. And I'm so uplifted by the beauty of nature, 
I don't mind driving 15 minutes longer and going that way. But why would your way be wrong or bad? It's just we have different preferences. And someone could say, well, you promised me you'd be monogamous. Well, okay. I I can say, okay, yeah, I could see where someone would say, okay, I have to take responsibility for not keeping my promise. Why did I make that promise in the first place if there was a possibility I might not keep it? Why would I do that? Was I giving the promise in order to get something? So you see, these things are, are simple and complicated at the same time because the ego always is so complicated and the spirit is always so simple. Other people don't really hurt us. I mean, if someone slaps you, yes, they could take responsibility for hurting you. But you have to take responsibility for being within their range because most people... No matter how shut down they are, their intuition is functioning well enough for them to know this person's probably not going to keep their agreements. This person's probably not going to respect me. This person's probably going to be abusive to me. This person's probably going to lie to me. I've done a lot of spiritual counseling one-on-one with people. And when people have come to me very angry, very upset, feeling very betrayed, And I asked them, did you have any inkling along the way that this might not go the way you wished it would go? And they will say to me, yeah, yeah, I did. I said, and what decision did you make when you had that intuitive hit, this might not go the way you would like it to go? And they always say, yeah, I just... I just didn't want to think about that. And Lord knows I've been there so many times. And when I was there, when I've been there, what's going on in my mind? I want what I want. I don't want to think about not getting what I want. I only want to think about getting what I want. You hear all those wants in there? Wanting isn't having. Seek first the kingdom which is within, which is recognizing that we already have it. And then everything is added unto you. But if you're seeking from wanting and needing, you're going to be seeking in the world. And you're never going to find. So this is the thing about our spiritual awakening. When we're looking in the world for the answer to our inner displeasure, our inner lack of peace, our inner needing, wanting, craving, aversion, addictive, compulsive, tendency, thinking, feeling, experience. When we're looking in the world to get satiation, to be satisfied, when we're looking in the world for something to fix our life, fix ourselves then we're not looking in the place where we'll find it. The only place is within. When we're looking outside, we're the prodigal son squandering our inheritance. Fortunately, our inheritance can't actually be 
squandered because at any moment we can head home to be a servant in our mother, father, God's household. And everything is added unto us. So in this very real sense, your ex is telling you that he cannot make you feel hurt or unhurt. He's saying to you, Kelly, these are not my problems. You're having the experience, it's reflecting to you what your thinking is, what your belief is. And of course you cried and cried and cried because as long as you're pinning it on him, that he's going to be your savior and fill you up and make you happy and for all your lack and limitation thinking, he's going to heal it and solve it for you by taking responsibility. Of course you're crying and crying thinking that's how it has to be because in your heart you know it's never going to happen. It can't happen. So like in the Jerry Maguire story, he says, you complete me. But pretty soon, he's going to start to feel incomplete again because he thinks his completion comes from outside of him. But the way that true happiness, real joy comes in relationship is when we look at each other And it doesn't matter if we're mother and daughter, lovers, friends, co-workers. It comes from being able to look at each other and say, I am complete. You are complete. Now let's see what fun we can have together. I don't need anything from you. I don't want anything from you. I'd love to share with you the beauty that is my being. And I invite you to share with me the beauty that is your being. And together we'll create more beauty, more expressions of divine perfection. But because like attracts like, we are attracting people who are going to be of the same vibration and help us by mirroring back to us our beliefs so that we will pay attention to them and heal them. So, Kelly, what if the very best thing that could happen for you is that you don't reconcile with him, that you accept total responsibility for all your projections, and you forgive yourself for learning in this way, not liking your learning, for blaming him. You forgive yourself for blaming him. That is the path of real love and real awakening. That's what I would recommend to you. Forgive this letter to yourself for not taking responsibility. You see, he doesn't want to take responsibility because you're not taking responsibility. 
You have to take responsibility for your upset. It's the only way. So the good thing is he's helping you to see that. He's heaven sent to help you to see that. It's not fun. It's not fun. But sometimes we have to cry and cry and cry, realizing when we're identified with the ego, the ego will never get what it wants. It will never be happy. Because what it wants doesn't exist. It's just a hall of mirrors. And we have here Rieko in New York saying, Hi, Jennifer, just wanted to say a heartfelt thank you and share with you that your response to my question last week about giving money has brought on a miracle. The moment I heard you say, it feels to me like you are healing some negative karma, I found myself suddenly bursting into tears. I've been crying lots of healing tears ever since I started Masterful Living, but this one totally took me by surprise. In that moment, it occurred to me that during a past lifetime, I indeed was a homeless person having to beg for money. I remembered how sad and lonely I felt and how severely I had judged everyone who ignored me or gave me nothing, which totally explained the intensity of my guilt for playing the opposite role in this lifetime. It was quite intense, but I let it all come up and then gave it over to spirit. I pictured the light of forgiveness enveloping everyone who was involved in this lesson, past and present, and felt so grateful to know we were always one in truth. I pictured the chain of negative karma dissolving and love surrounding us all. It was beautiful, not to mention a tremendous relief. I had just let go of a huge burden. I wasn't even aware I was carrying Since then, something has definitely shifted. Encountering people asking for money really does not seem to trigger me as much anymore. Your suggestion to use this as an opportunity to train my intuition was so eye-opening. Now I ask Spirit to give me a clear sign if someone could actually use my help and follow that guidance to the best I can. And your thoughts about tithing also inspired me to start thinking about where I get my spiritual food from and how best to support them. Jennifer, I can't thank you enough for all your insight and helpful suggestions. Only three months into Masterful Living and I already feel like a different person. The healing just keeps on coming. Thank you so, so much. Love and gratitude, Rieko. Well, thank you, Rieko. Thank you for asking the question making yourself uh, available, you see, being available, allowing, allowing, allowing. You allowed yourself to have some healing, and that's what you experience, you see, allowing. We don't have to make it happen. We allow it. We allow it. And it's through the practice of loving ourselves that we can allow spirit to do the heavy lifting. A lot of times people feel like, oh, no, Spirit's not doing the heavy lifting over here. It's because we're not allowing it because we don't love ourselves enough to allow Spirit to care for us, to guide us, to carry us, to love us. Yes, yes, yes. How wonderful. 
Thank you, Rieka. What a beautiful healing. Thank you for sharing it with us. I feel it. Hmm. All right. So I, I'd like to share something more with you about prayers. Very valuable here. Uh, very valuable to me particularly working with ministers and practitioners and people who teach prayer but secretly feel that their prayers aren't effective. Um, When I was in the spiritual practitioner training at Agape and in the Power of Love ministry, we're developing a spiritual practitioner training, working on that as well as the ministerial training, and the spiritual counseling training. The next spiritual counseling training I hope to offer in um, June, um, about middle of June. It's a week-long training, so stay tuned for that. Hope to be able to give you those details this week. Um, Oh, I know, I was going to say, I used to say when I was in my spiritual practitioner training that um, people feel that their hoodoo is doo-doo. <laughs> if you feel that your hoodoo is doo-doo, then it's really because you're not allowing spirit to manifest. So here's a story about that that can support you. And I I tell the story uh, uh, um, about... Um, this is about prayer and it's um, kind of a made up fairy tale story kind of a thing that spirit gave me one time. So one time a friend of mine was saying um, we were talking about prayer and why maybe their hoodoo was doo-doo. So I said, okay, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to explain to you something I've learned about prayer and I'm going to use our friends Liz and Paul as an example, okay? So Liz and Paul, spiritual practitioners. And let's say in the story, uh, Liz is uh, Liz, and Paul is the father God presence in her life, okay? He's her husband, but he's the father God presence in her life. As as every man can, or every masculine presence, because many women are very masculine, many men are very feminine. So it's really not about male or female. But the the father God presence, the the, the provider God presence, the manifester God presence. Um, so let's say Paul is the presence of God, which of course he is in Liz's life. Right. So let's say Liz is planning an event for the teens at church, okay? Because that's something she does all the time. So she's planning an event for the teens at church, and she's feeling like she's really struggling with it. That things just um, aren't really coming together. So she realizes, you know, I haven't really been praying about this. I've just been trying to make it happen by myself. I need to get the presence of God in here. I need to learn to allow instead of trying to make it happen for the teens. So she prays. And she lays on the altar 
all her worries and concerns, right? She's making a holy offering of all her thoughts about making the event happen. And she says, Spirit, you take care of it. Now, let's say she's actually praying to Paul. Paul is, is the manifestation of God in her life. So she goes to Paul and she says, look, here are all my burdens. These are all my thoughts about this. I know I'm in lack and limitation. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in allowing. I'm interested in allowing the flow of love and abundance and prosperity and wisdom and clarity and creativity and joy and freedom and harmony and all these spiritual qualities and having our event be just a beautiful expression of all these spiritual qualities. So I'm laying everything on the altar, all my heart's desires, worries and concerns, the whole enchilada, I'm putting it on the altar. I give it to you. And let's say Paul is the the Father God presence, and he says, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to provide for you. Thank you for letting me do the heavy lifting. That's all that I've ever asked of you is just be willing to allow me to bring you what your heart's desire is so that you can be your radiant, beautiful self, shining your light in the world, sharing your beauty, sharing your loving heart, sharing your creativity and your magnificence. That's all I've ever desired of you is to allow me to fully support you. So I got this. The event is no longer your concern. If there's anything for you to do, I'll let you know. Otherwise, just know I got this. I love you. I adore you. Go shine your light. Be beautiful. Be radiant. Be your true self. I got this. And Liz says, oh, thank you. You are the best. I love you so much. I'm so grateful. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Paul says, I am grateful too. How wonderful. So Liz goes on her way. And she's working with the teens and doing things. And people are saying to her, hey, what's happening with the event? How's that ever going to go? Do you have a venue? Have you raised the funds? Have you set a date? What's the theme? What, what, what about all these things? What are you doing? You're not making, nothing's happening here. What's going on? And Liz starts thinking, yeah, what's going on? I don't even know. God doesn't seem to be providing anything. Nothing seems to be happening at all. Oh, my gosh. And so she runs back to Paul and says, hey, you know what? There are all these details I forgot to tell you about. We need a venue. We need a place to hold this event. We need a theme for the event. We need to know when and where. We we need to think about the weather. And we need to think about parking and things like that. And we need to think about the food. And we need to think about special outfits and oh my god there's so many things to think about and you're not doing anything nothing is happening nothing is happening and oh my gosh this is i i i really need to take charge of this so i i know you said i got this and you're going to take care of it but 
I just can't allow you to do nothing. I have to get in here and get these things going and do stuff. And Paul says, hey, I am taking care of it. You don't even know all the things that are coming to fruition. Stay open in your mind. I will be speaking to you in your mind, giving you intuition about who to call and where to go and when to call. You don't have to worry about any of it. It's all going to be delivered to you. You'll be led to everything you need for this. It's going to be so good this way. Please have faith and trust. And she says, you know, okay, I'm remembering now. I'm remembering what it feels like to trust you and have faith and have you provide. I've, I've seen that in the past. So I just have to really, you're right, I have to trust and have faith that you are working in the invisible. I can't see it with my eyes. I can't feel it with my hands. But now that I'm talking with you, I can feel it in my heart. All right, so I'm going to lay all my concerns and worries on the altar again. And I'm going to allow you to provide. And I I feel so grateful. I'm feeling good about this again. And I thank you. I thank you. And he says, thank you, because now I get to see you experience the joy, the peace, the harmony, and shine your light of beauty and truth everywhere you go and everything you do. And that's my joy. So thank you for letting me do all the heavy lifting. I get to enjoy you shining your light. That's my reward. I am grateful. I will provide. She says, oh, my gosh, this is great. Thank you. I'm so glad I remembered. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for joining me in this prayer, in this communion. So then she goes on her way, and more time passes. And people are asking her more questions about what's really unfolding. And she's gotten some intuition about some people to call, some things to do, and those things are working well, but everything isn't completely locked in yet. And people are saying, you know, um, we got to lock these things in here. We have to know. We have to make posters. We have to know. We have to understand. We have to be able to tell people about this. And your way of working, um, I mean, it seems like things are coming together, but uh Gosh, uh, I, I just don't feel comfortable not knowing. And she starts thinking, oh, my God, that's right. I have all this responsibility. These people are counting on me. I'm, I'm going to let them down because if God lets me down, I'm going to let them down. Then I'm going to look bad, and then they're not going to like me anymore, and I'm going to feel terrible about myself, all because I just was, like, trusting in the invisible. That's crazy. I can't trust in the invisible. I have to have... Uh, uh, things locked in. I need to know these details. I can't just live in trust and faith. That's so airy-fairy. That's crazy. So she goes back to Paul and she says, look, I I know, I know, I know what you're going to say to me, that I've just got to have trust and faith and allow. But honest to God, if you let me down, my life is going to suck. 
these people are going to be so angry with me because they're trusting me. I can't trust you on their behalf because if you don't come through for me, and let's be honest, I don't really trust you. So, ah, and they can feel that. So they don't really trust me. So it's really I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be more peaceful if I just take everything back and do it myself. I know what to do. I've started some things in motion. I'm just going to do that because that really is what's going to work best for me. So I'm sorry. I don't want to let you down. I know you'd like to uh, me just to allow, but I just can't do it. I can't. I can't. I'm too uncomfortable. I just don't trust. I don't have faith. It's better if I just make it happen myself. And so what is God ever going to say to that then? Use your free will to choose what feels good to you. And no matter what you choose, everything is going to work together for good because you will more and more remember who you are. You can learn through pain. You can learn through sweating and trying to make things happen and working it out and learning through pushing density and making lots of phone calls and traveling all over town and running all kinds of errands and uh, making lists and do all of that. Or you can allow me to provide for you and learn through joy. It's up to you. You get to choose. That's what this world is for. You won't be punished for choosing to not allow. You will just experience the effect caused by your lack of trust and faith. You will feel that you're laboring in vain, that things won't go as well. They won't be as fun. They won't be as miraculous. They won't be as prosperous. But that's fine. That's your free will choice. No matter what, you're going to learn a great deal. And you are one step closer to remembering that you can allow. You can have a different experience. As soon as you're willing to partner up, you will have a new experience. And the way that you travel to that place of deep faith is through trust. A leap of faith is what trust is. And whenever you decide to make that leap, that step in trust and faith, I will be right here. And no matter how many times, millions of times, you have doubted, I always know that your doubt is not in me. It's in yourself. And that's your free will choice. I have total faith in you that you will ultimately grow tired of that and you'll surrender it. You'll make an offering of it. And all the memories of the past, of all the seeming failures and difficulties, And feeling punished and challenged and stretched will fade into nothingness. And all that you will know 
is the remembrance of your perfection, your beauty, and your wholeness. I'm there now. You can join me there now, or you can travel this journey through a leap of faith or through crawling in the mud. And no matter which way you choose, you're going to end up in the same place. And we will laugh about the journey. It's all good. So this is the thing that I see with so many spiritual practitioners is they pray and they pray and then they take it off the altar and they say, you know what, God, I can't wait for you. I need to do it myself. I don't trust you, God. I'm going to do it myself. Higher Holy Spirit self, I just don't believe you. I don't trust you. I don't know you. I've got to do it myself. So one of the things I learned to do was to pray, and then when I would be tempted to take it off the altar and start micromanaging it, I would say to myself, that's not my problem anymore. I gave that one away. I'm leaving it on the altar. I'd say, that's not my responsibility anymore. I gave that to spirit. And I'm going to stand in trust and faith. I'm not taking it back. And I've learned to follow intuition and guidance. And there are quite a number of times in my life when people have said to me, oh, Jennifer, you're never going to be able to do that. And I just think to myself, Spirit's going to do it. I don't have to do it. Spirit's going to do it. So, I don't even say it to them, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do it. Spirit's going to do it. I just say, well, we'll see what happens. It's a learning experience. And they're like, oh, sometimes people are just like, yeah, just, that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to. How are you going to be able to do it? You don't have resources to do that. I'm like, yeah, I don't have them now. But I hold a vision for what I'd like to experience what I'd like to manifest, expressions of beauty and perfection and truth, and I let spirit bring it into manifestation. I don't have to bring it into manifestation. I don't even know how, really. Spirit will do it. My work is to love myself, hold the vision, and allow. And I'm training myself to do that consistently and to have no doubt because all doubt is self-doubt so the biggest challenge I see for many prayer practitioners is they take it off the altar they don't leave it on the altar the ego is never going to trust in anything but its own beliefs so the ego is only going to see its own thinking made manifest we have to recognize we are not the ego the ego is a puppet we are the spirit and so we trust in spirit which is omnipresent so in a very real sense 
I've learned to train my mind that everything is working for me. All of life <coughs> is loving me. Sorry, it's very dry here in Phoenix. All of life is loving me. All of life is loving me. My job is to allow life to show me the love. Show me the peace. Show me the joy. Show me the freedom. Show me my heart's desire. This is the power of love revealing itself in our heart and mind and showing up as our life. So that we are literally live streaming, expressing, demonstrating, and manifesting the spiritual qualities all the time. Then we're living the unprecedented life. So our life is not based on our history. It's based on our heart's desire now. So we don't get what we want. We get what we're thinking about. We get what we believe. And when we're willing to drop all the beliefs and only stand in the truth, then our heart is open, our mind is free. So we are well over our time here. I'm going to wrap us up. And I do have an announcement, which is that uh, one of my heart's desires was to bring back something I had done years ago, but then I just couldn't afford it anymore because I was just paying for it out of my own pocket. Um, But now, thanks to um, donations, uh, we can, in the Power of Love ministry now, we're offering – text messages, inspirational Course in Miracles text messages, inspirational quotes from me, reminders to call or connect with the daily prayer, the daily spiritual espresso, uh, announcements about things like when there's an early bird special on something or a new thing to, to look at or a free class, and also class reminders. So if you would like to receive those, uh, there's uh, multiple choices of things you can sign up just for one or three of them, all of them, whichever you prefer. Uh, And so I'm going to be placing in the Facebook group uh, the links and I put in um, the uh, newsletter, uh, the events and uh, offerings newsletter. Uh, the link to sign up for the text messages. There's no charge for them. So if your phone company charges for them, that's one thing, but there's no charge to sign up for them. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to get that going. You can share. If you see it uh, posted at Facebook, would you share on your own page and invite your friends and loved ones to see if maybe they'd like to sign up for the inspirational messages? And um, so we're 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 starting that this week. I'm very excited about that. And time to pray. Time to pray. So let's 
to see here. Hmm. Let's take this breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that prayer works, that it's a powerful technology that we have access to. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of divine love and wisdom. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the power and the presence of love. Partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self, we are consciously making a holy offering of all limited thoughts, all self-doubt. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to dynamic wisdom and clarity. We are opening ourselves to transformation and healing. We are grateful and thankful to surrender all cravings, aversions, addictive and compulsive tendencies and temptations. We are allowing ourselves to relinquish Every thought that blocks love. We're opening ourselves to gratitude. We are grateful that our mind is the mind of God, that our heart is the heart of God, that our life is the life of God. We're willing to place our trust and faith in love. We are grateful and thankful for our learning. We're giving up any idea that we are unworthy or unlovable. And we're opening ourselves to all of life loving us. We're loving ourselves free. We are grateful and thankful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we know it's done. We allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. And the song that I am playing this week is uh, just a beautiful, beautiful song. I love it so much. It's called Thank You. Thank you. And thank you. I love you so much. Oh, one more thing. One more thing I almost forgot to mention. I am going to be sending out an email announcement and the a Facebook announcement about signing up for one-on-one appointments. It, it takes uh, weeks to be able to schedule everybody, but I'm going to start scheduling them. So uh, if you are feeling more urgently you'd like to talk with me, sign up right away. And if you're feeling like, you know, things are going pretty well, I can wait a week or two, um, then then please do wait a week or two and allow people who are feeling more intensity of density right now. And right now the intensity of density has been quite intense. Um, so... Uh, Yes, and there were a couple of things that I didn't get to, and I apologize for that. I um, will will do that next week. Oh, oh, one more thing, another announcement. Oops, uh, I'll put this in an email as well. I am going to move us to the Zoom platform. Maybe not next week, but we're going to move to the Zoom platform. That's what I'm feeling for us. 
um, to do our classes and video so we can see each other. If you choose, you can uh, participate that way. It's pretty cool. So we'll, we'll see. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm feeling called to do. So we'll, we'll see about that. Okay. I love you. God bless you. Your love.
Thank you.